Welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience Hot Seat Tournament Challenge. My name is Mike, and I'm going to be hosting this game tonight. We're going to see how this goes. It's going to be between two of our Pub Trivia Experience regulars, the second game in our second round of my particular region of the bracket. We're going to go ahead and meet them, and we're going to start off with what did I call you last time? The, I, I think I used the, the Simon to my Garfunkel, right? You can be uh, you can be the John to my Paul. How does that how does that work? Anyway, Chris Ligori, how you doing? Uh, Mike, I think it was oddly prophetic of you to to use the being. This is the second round, the second recording. I'm about to come in second place, so I'm oh. doing well. I'm doing well, <laughs> man. I got my beer here. I got myself a Founders Breakfast Stout. Oh, um, lovely! It's what you want to drink in July in Florida after dinner. But you know what? I I genuinely love this beer. I really do. A um, little bit of oatmeal in it. Actually, it's like a really sweet, almost a chocolate finish in it, too, which I love. But it's not. There's no chocolate in it at all. It's a coffee oatmeal stout, but I love it. Yeah. No, that breakfast stout's really good. Well, while you're enjoying that, let's check in with your uh, competitor. Uh, as I described him in the, in his previous recording, my arch nemesis uh, and your nemesis for the evening. Steven, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing all right. Uh, moving on to the second round, so I had to step up my game. I called my man in Sao Paulo. Once again, I am drinking my Brazilian imported diet soda, Garana Antarctica. <laughs> Love it. He gets all fancy with his beverages. He imports his soda. It's fantastic. Steven, I'm going to need to try one of those when I'm in Dallas in, uh, in November. I'm going to need one. Just bring it to I the I cannot guarantee they'll be in supply, but I usually keep a stock of them. You know. <laughs> Just bring one to the wedding. All right. Naturally. All right, gents. Of course, I am uh, always on brand, so I did bring a tasty beverage. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this beer is called Karen from Next Door. <laughs> look at the, look at the la- look at the label. I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh my god, that's cool! Isn't that cool? I I, I so often pick my beers because of the label because I collect them. But um, it's from Scofflaw Brewing Company. They're out of Atlanta, Georgia. It's a New England style IPA. Let's see how this goes. Ooh, and Karen from next door tastes really good. Tell your wife like that. A, need to get yeah. nice with that one here. Yeah, phrasing. I know. Are we still doing phrasing? Phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, uh, this is really, really good. I'm trying to, it's, it's, it's an orangey flavor. It's more, it's, it's higher in the citrusy, uh, oh, arena than a lot of these other IPAs. Really, really good. I, I like that a lot. That, that'd be the only, only kind of IPA I like is a citrus IPA. I would like that. Yeah, actually you might. Cause it's not too hoppy either. I'm really curious. How do you peel the label off of a soda can or a beer can? Mo- most of them are just, are just, uh, stuck right on. So you can just grab it. Oh, by okay. The little edge one of those. Okay. Yeah, and peel it off because mo- most of them are just plain old aluminum cans, and the 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 more mass produced beers, you know, they they kind of make their own cans. But I've I've actually had a few where they have their mass produced cans, and then they have their special release cans, and they just take one of their mass produced cans for their uh, higher quantity beers, and they slap a label on top of it. I've seen that. I've seen that. So, but that's it's okay. It does doesn't bother me at all because it gets the job done. All right, uh, to our listeners, uh, hopefully you've been listening since the very beginning of the uh, tournament. We've been having a lot of fun so far. We've had an unpredictable first round and so far an unpredictable second round. So uh, Chris's predictions to the contrary, we have no idea how this is going to go. But just in case you haven't been listening, uh, I'm just going to recap real quick how our game is organized. We're going to start with a pregame. 
It's going to consist of five questions for each contestant. Each question is worth one point. It's a simple yes or no type of question. Uh, and it's just designed to kind of get the brain juices flowing in preparation for our main event, which comes right after. And that is the hot seat challenge. We're going to go back and forth between these two guys, answering as many trivia questions as we possibly can. First, Chris will get a question. Then Steven will get a question. There are no steals. One point per correct response. No penalties for an incorrect answer. And we're going to do that for 30 minutes. It is 30 minutes of basically nonstop trivia. Uh, it's going to be a roller coaster. There'll be ups and downs. And at the end, they'll have a certain number of points. And that's when we move on to our wager round. They can take those points and wager them however they want across three categories that I will give them. Of course, in this round, they will lose those points if they do not get the answer correct. They will earn those points if they do get the answer correct. And after all of that, we shall hopefully have our winner, although we've had to go to a few uh, tiebreakers. But we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get to it, uh, if we get to it. So, without further ado, gentlemen, are you ready for your pregame? I'm scared. Yes, we are. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've actually, uh, th- I think this will be a fun, fun pregame. It's fun for me anyway. Your, your category is music and history. If you're anything like me, everything you know about history in the second half of the 20th century comes from Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I'm going to name a historical figure, and you can tell me whether or not they are name-dropped in the song We Didn't Start the Fire. All right. You guys are ready, Chris? You're going first. Your person is Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Kennedy, I can't. I don't want to say what I know. Crap. <laughs> it's yeah, hard to talk about. the whole song for me first, yeah. Uh. I don't remember Eisenhower being listed. His name is also very hard to rhyme, so I'm going to say no. I did not either, but Eisenhower is actually included uh, in the sec. I believe the second verse of the song. So, Eisenhower, Sorry, no points there, team. Chris. Brooklyn's got a winning team. <laughs> that's it. That yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Your person is Ho Chi Minh. Uh, Ho Chi Minh actually name. I can't remember that name actually being in the song because the reference to Vietnam is the Dien Bien Phu Falls. I'm going to say no. Ho Chi Minh is also actually named in the song. Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon back again. Ah. I think that's correct. I meant to have the yeah birth control Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon back again is the line. I didn't include Nixon on this list because he's actually named twice. Off to a hell of a start. <laughs> yep. You guys are rolling. All right, Chris, your historical figure is Pope John Paul II. So the question I have, and I'm not sure if you're allowed to answer this, answer this or not, but was he the Pope during the lifetime of Billy Joel? Uh, I have no recollection of when, when John Paul the first or the third, we could be in the fifth for all I know. Well, so um, I'll just be, I'll just be clear. All of these historical figures were around to be included in the okay. years that we, we didn't start the fire span. So I'm not going to name Genghis Khan or something like that. No. So I guess the question is if they, if they named, I'm going to say no game theory says, no, you wouldn't give us three in a row that were yeses. So I'm going to say no. It was random, but fair. Uh, it's a slightly trick question. Cause he does name drop Pope Paul. 
but that's Pope Paul VI, not Pope John Paul II. So you are correct. It is no. And we're on the board, gentlemen. Okay, Stephen, over to you. Uh, your person is Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. I want to say yes. You would think so. But no. Jackie Robinson is not name dropped in We Didn't Start the Fire. Roy Campanella is. Mm-hmm. But no Jackie Robinson. All right, Chris, back to you. Your person is Albert Einstein. Logically, it seems like, yes, Albert Einstein would have been listed in that song somewhere, being how big in pop culture and big in the world he was during the life of Billy Joel. But I can't place that name in the song lyrics that I know from that song. What's bugging me right now is I just finished rewatching Parks and Rec, and I've got the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've got the Leslie Note version of We Didn't Start the Fire in <laughs> It was a... I'm going to say no. I again, I can't get the lyrically I can't get the lyric. I can't get that into a lyric. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, well, uh Stephen actually uh inadvertently gave it to you. He's saying Eisenhower, James Dean, Brooklyn's got a winning team, but it's Einstein, James Dean, Brooklyn's got oh. a winning team. Oh. So he is in that one. And it's Eisenhower vaccine, Britain's got a new queen. That's what it is. That's yep. it. I've heard that. Okay. And please bear in mind, I have this in front of me. There's no way in hell I can do this off the top of my head. Even though I could, I would this, I would love to do this song karaoke. Anyway, neither here nor there. Steven, your person is Leonid Brezhnev. Leonid Brezhnev. I don't want to spend the whole thing singing. Um... <laughs> I would love it if you did. Mm-hmm. I can't remember Brezhnev without going through the whole thing. So I'm going to say no. And no is the correct answer. Leonid Brezhnev is, of course, name dropped in It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, but not in We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh, Leonid Brezhnev is right after Leonard Bernstein in that particular song. But we're not talking about that song. (laughs) All right, Chris, your person, Pride of Alabama, George Wallace. Oh, gosh. Uh I guess I don't know the song anywhere near as well as I thought I did. I felt kind of confident coming into this and feel like an idiot coming out of it. Uh, George Wallace. I worry if he just says Wallace, if that would be enough for anyone to tie this back to it being George Wallace. It's more of a common last name. So I'm going to stick on my horse and say no. And no is a correct answer. In spite of being basically like a huge fixture in especially the 50s and 60s, early 60s, George Wallace was not included in this particular song, which is which we're all fine with. We we here in Alabama would rather that we forget about him. <laughs> uh, anyway, Stephen, your person is Ronald Reagan. Is Reagan actually mentioned? Oh, crap. Um, yes, Reagan is mentioned. Reagan, yes. Reagan is mentioned. Begin Reagan, Palestine. Terror on the airline. All right, and we're down to our last two. Chris, your person is Neil Armstrong. I mean, it's such a prominent moment, right? That's such a prominent moment. It would be insane if that didn't get dropped in the song somewhere. I'm going to say yes. You're right, but he doesn't mention Neil Armstrong. He mentions Moonshot. <sighs> so unfortunately, no. Sorry, buddy. And Stephen, to close it out, your person is Charles de Gaulle. Yes, Charles de Gaulle is definitely in it. Charles de Gaulle, California baseball. That is correct. All right. I enjoyed writing that one. I hope you guys didn't 
Uh, feel too much pain playing it. That was a that was a hell of a pregame, Mike, or a hell of a <laughs> really a hell of a pregame. I'm not feeling warmed up at all, but it was a hell of a pregame. <laughs> well, that's fine. We'll throw you into the fire then. Yeah, throw him in the fire. He didn't start the fire. Yeah, good point. <laughs> it would be that would be entirely unfair, wouldn't it? And after the pregame, our score is Steven with three and Chris with two. I know you said you're not feeling warmed up, but nonetheless, we have to press on. We're going to move right into the hot seat. Chris, you're going to get the first question, and I'm going to start the timer right after I am done reading it. A famous American Revolutionary War flag features a rattlesnake with what motto printed underneath? Don't tread on me. And that is correct. Stephen, in 2009, England's Prince Harry made his first official visit to the United States to participate in what charity event? Habitat for Humanity. It's a reasonable guess. All they have here is polo match. So it must have been a polo match for charity. Chris, which, which feline animal represents the first rank that newbie Cub Scouts aspire to when they join a den? Oh, what were we? We were... um. I was one of these, and I don't remember. The only the only thing that's coming in mind is Weeblow, but that's not right. That's like four or five levels up, but I'm going to go Weeblow anyway. No, good guess. I'm, I was this, and I'm not sure I could have pulled it up either. Bobcat. Bobcat is what we're going uh. for. Stephen, what chemical formula was mentioned five times by Al Gore in his Nobel Peace Prize acceptance speech? Carbon dioxide? Looking for the formula. Oh, um, uh, carbon dioxide so um c2o2 oh sorry it's just co2 i looked and i looked it up he he does specifically say co2 not carbon dioxide so chris in which state is the mining region commonly known as the lead belt okay so in what state the lead belt i'm thinking appalachia the mining that I know happens in Pennsylvania is primarily coal mining, but that's pretty much everywhere. Uh, I'm going to guess maybe that's West Virginia. A little further west. It's actually Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's on Earth, asshole. <laughs> All right, Stephen, over to you. Which of the following is Rapunzel's companion in the Disney film Tangled? Pascal, Philippe, or Pierre? Uh, Pascal. Pascal is a correct answer. Chris, which home secretary stepped into the void to become prime minister of the United Kingdom after David Cameron resigned in 2016? Oh my gosh, it's 2022 now. Can, can, can I get a reread of that one more time? Sure. Which home secretary stepped into the void to become prime minister of the United Kingdom after David Cameron resigned in 2016? Oh God, I, I don't know. Uh... I don't even have a logical guess. <sighs> Boris Johnson's all I got, and it's not right. <laughs> That's okay. I, this is one of those once I saw it, but I would never have pulled it. Teresa May. Teresa May. Yeah, Teresa May, yeah. No. That's it. All right, Stephen. With Dana Andrews as Lieutenant Ted Stryker, the 1957 film Zero Hour served as the basis for what movie spoof? 1950. Zero Hour. Hot shots. Close. Airplane, airplane. Chris, what numbers listed in the newspaper are often referred to as quotes? 
I, I have no idea. I haven't read a newspaper in 20 years. <laughs> I think the last newspaper I read was the FS View. <laughs> the FSU campus newspaper. Holy crap. Um, I didn't realize that many people read at FSU. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I didn't go to UCF because then I wouldn't be able to finish. Hashtag <laughs> you can't finish. Um, Damn. I'm going to go with the number 13. I, I That's best guess I can get. <laughs> they were just looking for stocks. Stock quotes. I wish I wish the listeners could see the expression on your face right now. <laughs> All right, Stephen, this one's to you. What is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the NFL Super Bowl? Uh, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. That is correct. Mike refers to that as a Lambo trophy. Just keep that. I, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Totally deserved. Totally deserved. Chris, what was the first operating system installed in 1981 on IBM's first personal computer? 1981? I'm going to guess Linux. It was MS-DOS. Oh, it was DOS. Okay. Yeah. Stephen, what is the singular form of the word criteria? Criterium. Sorry, criterion, criterion. Chris, which breed of pooch is Stella, Jay Pritchett's dog on TV's Modern Family? Which one is Jay Pritchett? Uh, I'm going to guess maybe Jay is married to Gloria and maybe it's a Chihuahua. Oh, you're right that Jay is married to Gloria, but unfortunately it's a French bulldog. Eh. (laughs) All right, gents, you're a little over five minutes in. It's been a rough start, but hopefully we'll pick it up here. Steven, this one's to you. Footrests are common features on which of these children's toys? Pogo sticks, scooters, or sit and spin? Pogo stick. Pogo stick is a correct answer. Chris, this one's to you. Within two years, either way, how old were Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Jim Morrison when they died? 27. 27 is dead on the money. Well done. I'm, that was a really poor choice of words on my part. Yeah, I'm bulls accurate. <laughs> all, right, all right, Stephen. Stephen, this one's for you. Which of these European lands is an island? Finland, Ireland, or Scotland? Ireland. Ireland is the correct answer. Chris, what nerdy upright two-wheeler was first unveiled to the public in 2001 on Good Morning America? I mean, I take umbrage with the use of the term nerdy, but I'm going to guess a Segway. They see me roll on my Segway. That is correct answer. Roll right off a damn cliff. <laughs> yep. All right, Stephen. The term lower 48 is commonly used to refer to the United States minus what two states? Alaska and Hawaii. That is correct, which is ironic that they use lower 48 since Hawaii is lower than all those other states. But anyway, Chris, over to you. Of these needlework hobbies, which is the least utilized in 2022? Quilting, crocheting, or knitting? So I feel like crocheting and knitting are both kind of making a comeback. I'm going to guess quilting. Quilting is a correct answer. Stephen, in 2013, doctors completed the first full transplant in the United States of what body part? A hand. Good guess. It's the face. I was saying I, I was saying I knew that one. I wasn't raising my hand. I understood. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even see you. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Chris, over to you. 
What is the name of the Hindu spring festival where participants throw colorful powder on one another? Is that Diwali? Good guess. It's actually holy. H-O-L-I. Holy or holly. I think it's holy, though. Stephen, to you, which of these natural wonders is a cataract? Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, or the Great Barrier Reef? Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is a correct answer. Chris, which European country was home to Albert Einstein when he developed his theory of relativity? I think he's is he German or Austrian. I'm going back to that trivia question I wrote a while ago, but all these famous people that lived in Austria at a certain point in time, like Hitler is one of them and all that. I don't think Einstein was on that list. I'm going to say Germany. I believe Einstein was German, but he was living in Switzerland at the time. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Stephen, what is Irish moss? Seaweed, moss, or lichen? It's a lichen. It's actually a seaweed, apparently. Chris, what was Old Mother Hubbard searching for in the cupboard? Curds and whey? Uh, that was Little Miss Muffet uh, eating her curds and whey. That's okay. That's uh, she was looking for a bone, apparently. I don't know whether that's a euphemism or not. Anyway, moving not. on. It's a children's rhyme. <laughs> you don't think they snuck some things into those children's rhymes? Anyway. Steven, to you. A local seafood joint called The Crab Shack is a frequent setting on which of these TV sitcoms? Family Guy, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, or My Name is Earl? Crab Shack. Let's see. Family Guy, It's the Drunken Clam. Gonna go with My Name is Earl? My Name is Earl is a correct answer. Well done. All right, Chris. Salt and Boca, the name of a flavorful Italian veal dish, means what in English? What? Um, <laughs> can you spell that for me? Sure. Uh, salt in Boca is spelled S-A-L-T-I-M. S-A-L-T? What's S? Did I say S-A-L-T? Yes. That's great. S-A-L-T-I-M-B-O-C-C-A. So it might be Salt in Boca. Uh, eggplant parmesan. I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's a fair guess. Apparently it means jump in the mouth. Yeah. There you go. Nope. <laughs> yep. I, <laughs> no idea. That's for sure. The answer did not jump in my mouth. <laughs> All right, Steven, which of these men's names is also slang for someone hugely biased toward their favorite sports team, Homer, Tom, or Brad Homer. Homer is a correct answer. I know. know. I was like, Chris is going to flip out after this one. All right, Chris. To honor the New York City landmark that occupies it, Congress changed the name of Bedloe's Island to what in 1956? Liberty Island. Liberty Island is a correct answer. Well done. Stephen, the first text message sent in 1992 contained what two words? You up? That's a fantastic guess. That's a fantastic guess. Uh, Merry Christmas was was the answer, but I, I like yours better. I, I, I kind of want that to be canon now. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Chris. In the classic tearjerker beaches, two girls begin their lifelong friendship on a beach in which U.S. state? Well, if it's Garth Brooks, they walk the beaches of Cheyenne. Nah. I don't think it's Wyoming. Um, 
I, I have no idea. I'm going to guess if it was Florida, I think I would have heard it. So I'm going to go out West and say California. Reasonable guess. A state, uh, the actual answer is state very well known for its beaches. Of course, New Jersey. Oh my Lord. Okay. Yeah. Steven, what is the body's largest internal organ? The large intestine. Good guess. It's actually the liver. As I enlarge mine. Mine's working hard tonight. <laughs> yep. God, Chris. What is the name of the time-traveling protagonist in Diana Gabaldon's Outlander series? Oh, God. Leah watches this show. I have I no Nick idea. It's the 40th show on television. I know he's very good looking. I'm going to guess being that I know that he's very good looking. I'm going to guess his name is Chris. <laughs> well, first of all, the time traveling protagonist is the, is the woman. Never mind. So yeah. Uh, ja- Jamie is the one she travels back to meet. Uh, I could have maybe pulled Claire, but they actually give you her full name. Claire Beauchamp, Randall Frazier. Yeah, not a chance in hell. I probably would have just even given you Claire, because, yeah, exactly. All right, Stephen. Whose debut single, Fallen, a soulful piano-driven ballad, spent six weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 in 2001? Sissy Spacek. <laughs> it's got to be right one of these times, but well, not this right. time. Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. All right, Chris, over to you. Which of these popular websites designates its most active users as power sellers, E-Trade, eBay, or Craigslist? Uh, I sell on eBay quite a lot. I don't think I've heard of it on eBay, but it doesn't make sense on E-Trade and doesn't make sense on Craigslist. I'm going to go eBay. Maybe I've missed that, or maybe I'm just not a good enough seller. You have apparently missed it, or maybe you're just not a good enough seller, but eBay is the correct answer. Gentlemen, we're at the halfway point. The current score is Steven with 11 and Chris with 8. Still lots of time to surge back, Chris. Steven, this one's for you. Uh, this might not be a place where Chris is going to have an opportunity to make up ground. What notable filmmaker is responsible for founding Pixar? Uh, for founding Pixar? Uh, George Lucas. That is a correct answer. All right, Chris. Another eBay question for you. The first item ever to be sold on eBay was what? A broken laser pointer, a grilled cheese sandwich, or a box of Twinkies? I, uh, uh, uh ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. <laughs> Ooh, e. <laughs> oh, um, a grilled cheese sandwich. Sure. <laughs> it's actually a broken laser pointer. Okay. But all of those are equally ridiculous answers. I figured so. maybe it had the face of Jesus in it and someone in Alabama. Oh, that's a, that's a good, yeah. The grilled cheese sandwich of Turin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, Steven, to you. Which of these common houseplants does not actually produce flowers? The begonia, the fern, or the jasmine? Fern. The fern is a correct answer. Featuring men, Chris, this is to you, featuring men who agree to murder to help one another, the 2011 comedy Horrible Bosses echoes what Alfred Hitchcock film? Strangers on a Train. It is Strangers on a Train, and I'm glad you did not guess The Shining, and that's my one per cast. (laughs) And I deserved that finger. Steven, to you. 
Rick Reardon's best-selling kids' books feature Percy Jackson's adventures with what fantastic group? Um, the Greek gods. Mm. The Olympians. I don't, think I, I don't think I can give it to you. It's very specifically the Olympians. All right. But you're, you're I mean, you're right there, but. Sorry, Chris. This no, I, don't, I don't want it. <laughs> Chris, born in New York, the legendary outlaw William H. Bonnie Jr. was better known as what? Is it Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid is a correct answer. Stephen. Painted in 1893, the famous Edvard Munch painting, The Scream, depicts an org- organized figure holding his hands where? I don't know, uh, on a boat? Oh, what, where he's got say? his hands? On his face. Uh, I thought you were talking about where the figure was. Ah, I said on a boat, it's wrong. It's on his face. <laughs> yeah, on a, bo- on a boat. Yeah, it's, he's holding him on his face, on his cheeks, yeah. Thank you, Chris, for doing your best Macaulay Culkin impression, though, on that. All right, Chris, this one's to you. The actor who played James T. Kirk on TV Star Trek also played which of these TV cops? T.J. Hooker, Andy Sipowitz, or Lenny Briscoe? T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker is a correct answer. Steven, to you, which of these music stars is the only one not born and raised in Canada? Nelly Furtado, Avril Lavigne, or Christina Aguilera? I know one of them is Canadian. Um... I'm going to go with Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera is a correct answer. Well done. Chris, over to you. Also describing its minute size, which kind of tiny insect pollinates the cacao tree? Oh, Lord. Um, What type of tiny insect pollinates the cacao tree? Minute size. The gnat? That's a good guess. That was a tough one. It's the midge. The midge. Not wasn't going to get there. (laughs) That's all right. Steven, which colorful crustacean can use its clubbed front legs to strike prey with the force of a 22 caliber bullet? Colorful crustacean. Uh, blue crab. That's a, that's a reasonable guess. I don't know why they threw colorful in there because it's not a hint at all. The answer is the mantis shrimp. Presumably it's like a praying mantis in shrimp form. I don't know. Chris, over to you. Boasting of its environmental consciousness... What retailer states that the two colors in its logo blend to make green? Can I get a reread of that one more time? Sure. Boasting of its environmental consciousness, what retailer states that the two colors in its logo blend to make green? So the colorblind kid here is wondering if red and blue make green. Um, I think they do, and I think when I think, when I think well, that's not a retailer. Pepsi's not a retailer. They're the only one I know they make red and blue. <laughs> Who else uses red and blue? What retailer uses red and blue? Not Blockbuster. Um, that could Need be an a, a red or green herring. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I know Amazon's big environmental, so I'm going to go <laughs> Amazon even though it's wrong. It's, it's really unfair how many color questions that you have gotten throughout this tournament so far. Uh, it's yellow and blue make green, and the answer is Ikea. Oh, yep, see? Yep. Well, still wouldn't have gotten there, but thank you. No, 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 all good. Steven, over to you. In 1973, the Oldsmobile Toronado became the first car to include which groundbreaking safety feature? What was the year? 1973. It seems too late for seatbelts. Airbags. 
Airbags is a correct answer. Nice pull. Chris, in ancient Greece, throwing an apple at someone was a declaration of what? Oh, if my daughter's any indication, it's a declaration of I'm hungry. Feed me, damn it. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's a decor- declaration of love. It is a declaration of love. Well done. That could also be why your daughter's throwing apples at you, man. Don't be such, don't be so negative. Damn. <laughs> Steven, introduced in the 1950s, the ad slogan, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking, was used to sell what product? Oh, God, I've heard that before. It takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Luggage? Uh, we're looking for wristwatches. Wristwatches. Well, that makes sense. Chris, which school won both the men's and women's NCAA basketball championships in 1994 and 2014? Oh, Lord. Um, I think Baylor just did it. I don't think it's Baylor. 1994 and 2014. So UConn comes to mind, but it's not UConn. Cause I don't think UConn won in 94. So I'm going to go back to the men's team. Who have, who, who have I known as one recently that would have won? Like Duke, I don't think Duke's basketball team is no women's basketball team is all that great. I think FSU beats them kind of regularly, and we're a mediocre team. Um, UNC isn't. I know UNC won one or two hundred women. I'm gonna go UNC. Should have gone with University of Connecticut. They won in '94. They, they won did. With Hamilton in the ni- late '90s. Yeah. Okay. Nope. University of Connecticut. I didn't know they won in '94. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't either. Stephen, what is former First Lady Michelle Obama's favorite food? Cheeseburgers, pizza, or arugula? I'm going to guess arugula. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's pizza. But arugula is completely, makes total sense, as I guess. She's from Chicago. Hypocrite. It's not real pizza. <laughs> well, all right, that's a different argument. Chris, <laughs> famous in her own right. Handbag, desi- handbag designer Kate Spade has a famous brother-in-law named David, who is a what? Oh, there's no way that it's this simple, but I'm going to go with the comedian slash actor. It is absolutely that David Spade. Oh, my God. Really? I looked it up because okay. I couldn't believe it when I read that question. Oh, damn. Yep. All right, Stephen, over to you. In 2009, what rapper beat Elvis Presley's record for most number one albums on the Billboard charts by a solo artist? Drake. Fair guess. It was Jay Z. Oh, I didn't know that one. I thought I did. <laughs> Chris, in 2010, what political duo made headlines by divorcing after 40 years of marriage? 2010 political duo divorcing after 40 years of marriage. Wow, I honestly have no idea. Uh, I'm just going to say the Giuliani's. I, I don't know. <laughs> nah, that's fine. That's fair guess. Uh, Alan Tipper Gore. Really? They yeah. broke up? I, I vaguely remember that happening, but I guess did it was a D- big deal in 2010. Did D. Snyder say anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to, I don't even know how to follow that. Steven, <laughs> when decorating a Christmas tree, most experts would recommend adding what first? The lights. The lights is a correct answer. Chris, the U.S. imports the most oil from which of these countries? Saudi Arabia, Canada, or Mexico? Canada. Canada is a correct answer. Stephen, what forms the centerpiece of Kleiss Oldenburg's 
24-foot-high sculpture in the Morse College Courtyard at Yale. I can read that again if you want. I know I stumbled over it. Uh, it said, anatomically correct uh, depiction of Sissy Spacek. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one I looked up, and it's actually kind of crazy. It's It's a lipstick. What? Okay. It's a very large lipstick. Yeah. All right, guys, a little less than three minutes to go. Chris, this one's to you. With a high-starched collar, black suit, and white hair, which fashion icon long served as creative director for Chanel? Okay, hold on. One more time. With a high-starched collar, black suit, and white hair. I'm assuming it's the same one from the Devil Wears Prada. I don't know what her name is, but I think she had white hair. I think she had black suit. I'm going to go with Sissy's basic. <laughs> it's going to be right one of these times, but honestly, Chris, I was prepared to award you the game. If you had pulled this name, Carl Lagerfeld apparently is so it's his not the name. woman from devil wars product. Good to it's know. It's not. I think that was what Miranda Priestley or something like that. I don't know. Steven, this one's to you. What is the largest lizard? The largest living lizard. Um, uh, yes. Largest current lizard that is. Yeah. Uh, the Komodo dragon. The Komodo dragon is the correct answer. Chris, the cacao tree, who's, <laughs> I know, the cacao tree, whose botanical name translates to the food of the gods, produces a bean used to make what? The food of the gods? The cacao tree? A bean used to make what? Steven's looking at me like I should know this. I don't know it. Um, Shaking your head yes doesn't help me right now, Steven. (laughs) The food of the gods? Gonna need an answer. Yeah. uh, I know pineapples were big at one point. Pineapple, even though it's obviously not right because it's not a bean. No, if you you re-spell cacao, you more or less you get cocoa. Oh. All right, Steven, this one's to you. We have less than a minute, less than 30 seconds. I'll go fast. Not just found on fish. Which of these growing things have also ribbed structures referred to as gill? Wait, all right. Ignore that. Okay. Which of these veg- Which of these vegetables is actually a miniature variety of cabbage? Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, or artichokes? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts is a correct answer. Chris, this one's to you. College students often use the term underwater basket weaving to refer to classes that are what? Easy. Easy is a correct answer. All right, and that is time, but uh, we'll even out the questions. Stephen, you get one more. Which of these glands are present only in a person's skin? Lacrimal, salivary, or sweat? Sweat. Sweat is a correct answer. And gentlemen, take a breath. That is the end of the hot seat. That was brutal. A lot of rough questions in that one. That's That was one of the rougher ones I think that I've uh, read during my section of the of the tournament. That was brutal. So, got a, so glad I signed on for this. Uh, yeah, I, I know you are, man. I know you are. <laughs> Just wait, because the wager round is coming. <laughs> All right, but after the hot seat round of the tournament, the current score is Steven with 19 and Chris with 15. But it is still very much anybody's game. So, as we enter the wager round, I'm going to give you 
your three categories. And while you guys are making your wagers, we'll pause to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Your categories are literature, TV history, and sports. And we'll be back in just a moment. Mike here from the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. And if you think Meryl Streep had it hard in Sophie's Choice, just wait until you hear what we've got coming up in July and August. That's right, for the next two months, we're going to be deciding what truly is the greatest Beatles song of all time. We've narrowed it down to 68 classic tunes, and we're going to face them off NCAA bracket style until we settle this debate once and for all. Here at Boozy Bracketology, we believe in strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions, and we won't stop until we have a winner. So if you love the Beatles, and let's be honest, who doesn't, tune in next month. You can find Boozy Bracketology anywhere you listen to podcasts. And wagers are locked in. We're going to jump right into our wager round with our first category. It is in literature. Quote, In respect of the recurrent emergence of the theme of sex in the minds of his characters, it must always be remembered that his locale was Celtic and his season spring. End quote is an actual quote from a 1933 court case to determine whether or not the United States should censor what book. Can you get a reread of that one more time? Sure. I had a feeling you would. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't mind rereading this. I love this quote. <laughs> quote, In respect of the recurrent emergence of the theme of sex in the minds of his characters, it must always be remembered that his locale was Celtic and his season spring end quote, is an actual quote from a 1933 court case to determine whether or not the United States should censor what book. I'll go ahead and lock in. All righty, Chris is locked in. Steven, if you want to talk it out. Obviously, it's the life and times of Sissy Spacek. <laughs> Obviously. I can't tell if that was a legitimate lock-in or not. Yeah, I'll go ahead and lock in with that. I'll lock in with the Life and Dives of Sissy's Basic. I'm not going to get closer. All righty. I love it. Uh, Steven is locking in with the Life and Times of One Sissy Spacek. Chris, what did you lock in with? Well, uh, banning or modifying books is a pet peeve in mind. So I, of course, went with the more topical and more recent version of Mouse, the graphic novel that for some reason is being banned all over the U.S. Mouse is, is certainly, certainly a reasonable guess. Uh, but this is actually from a real court case, and it was the United States versus one book called Ulysses. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the, the correct answer was Ulysses. They, they, they tried to censor Ulysses, really? They, 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 they tried to censor Ulysses, yeah. The, the key word in that was Celtic. Have they read the Bible? <laughs> no. The Bible doesn't have as many F-bombs, but... Um, a lot gentlemen, more what, incest. What what were your wagers on that particular question? I went zero. It's a literature question. Steven? I also went zero with that one. I, I, I knew you guys were going to go zero on my literature question. Nobody likes my literature questions. Damn it. All right. That's fine. That's fine. We'll move on to the next question. The category is TV history. And the scores are still Chris with 15 and Steven with 19 because you guys pussied out on my literature question. Anyway. TV history. Although she will likely be most remembered for her appearance in a notable mid-80s music video and a role in a popular 90s sitcom, 
What actress also holds the distinction of being the first person to say the word period on TV in a Tampax commercial? Locked in. Steven, talk it out. Oh, I knew this at one point. It's like, it's depressingly like modern. I know that. Can I get the question read again? Absolutely. Although she will likely be most remembered for her appearance in a notable mid-80s music video and a role in a popular 90s sitcom, what actress also holds the distinction of being the first person to say the word period on TV in a Tampax commercial? Okay, so popular 90s sitcom. I'm I'm 50-50 on it. And I don't know how I would know this, but I want to say Courtney Cox. That's what I'm going to go with, Courtney Cox. All right, Stephen locking in with Courtney Cox. Chris, what did you lock in with? Uh, so I have to go erase one of my trivia questions for my one of my next couple of hot seat finales. <laughs> I have the same question, right? And it's Courtney Cox. <laughs> this must have been one of those ones that was going around the interwebs recently. No, I found I found it in a clickbait article on Facebook. Of like the most of like the uh, t- famous TV firsts. I'm like, oh, oh, I, didn't know that. I didn't include the the Springsteen piece, but I did include the the 90s and 2000s television piece. Yeah, no, See, that's I don't that's remember fair, her yes. from the music video. Okay, yeah, <laughs> hey, she got up on but, stage dancing Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, she did the Carlton before Carlton did the Carlton. That was her. Okay, yeah, it was mm-hmm. her. Oh, well, but anyway, what? yes, Courtney Cox is the correct answer. Uh, all right, how much do you guys wager, Stephen? You first. I wagered 19. Ooh, Steven, you went all in on the TV history question. All right. Well, Chris, how much did you wager? I wagered 15. (laughs) (laughs) We both know you too well, Mike. (laughs) I figured I figured I had a better chance at TV history than any sports question you would write. Oh, Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, this is going to be anticlimactic. <laughs> this is this is why Tim says do all the questions first and then come back and get the answers. Oh, uh, well, I, I try. I actually tried that last episode and it worked out pretty well. But then I just forgot this time. <laughs> oh, you won't forget again now, will you? Nope. I guess not. All well, right. Well, make this good. <laughs> And I really liked this question, too. Real quick, real quick, Stephen, out of curiosity, who was the other name you were throwing around? Was it Julia Louis-Dreyfus or was it um, Jennifer Aniston? No, 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 no. Um, it was not Jennifer Aniston. It was um, – I couldn't. the reason I ended up going with Courtney Cox is because I couldn't think of her name. I was thinking of Ross from Frasier. But I couldn't think of the oh, actress's uh, name. Betty Gilpin. Yes, Betty Gilpin. Perry Gilpin. No, Perry Gilpin. Perry Gilpin, Gilpin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if I had remembered that name, you probably would have won. So. <laughs> it's ironic because uh, – the role of Roz on Frasier was originally supposed to go to Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Yes. And they fired her like in the pilot or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like Sorry. that. Yeah, she's like um, Eric Stoltz no, okay. in, uh, for Back to the Future. There's footage out there of her somewhere. Yes. Right. Right. All right, guys. Well, do you want to take a crack at my sports question anyway? Hell yeah. Sure. We're here. All right. Let me ask you this, though. If I had made the category baseball instead of sports, would it have changed the wagers? I might have split my points, but just knowing that you're writing a baseball question for me, honestly, I feel like you, you're probably a little more knowledgeable baseball history wise than me. And if you're going to challenge me with a baseball question, it's going to be one that's going to be tougher for you. So I'm probably maybe not actually in hindsight. 
Uh, all right, fair. I was just I was just curious. Anyway, your category is sports, uh, specifically baseball. Among retired baseball pitchers with at least 800 innings pitched, a single pitcher holds the career record for the lowest whip, the fewest hits allowed per nine innings, the best strikeout rate per nine innings, and is also the only pitcher against whom batters batted below 200 over his entire career. Although he played in our lifetimes, he's probably not a household name. Who is he? Locked in. All right, Chris is locked in. Steven, once again. Sissy Spacek. <laughs> I know, oh, come on. You no. kill me. All right, that's fine. This is why I would not put points into a, uh, I would never put points into a baseball question because there are so many stats kept for that sport. The chances of me knowing the answer of it, zero. Yeah, that's totally fair. Totally fair. All right, Chris, what did you log in with? So I had, I was between two. I was between Koufax and Gibson. Um, I opted to go away from Koufax, one, because I didn't know how late he pitched, and I knew what year we were both born. Um, but two, I also know Koufax, before he became like this dominant thing, if I'm not mistaken, he had a couple of, not rough, but like mediocre first years. Bob Gibson, on the other hand, was just insanely talented, really good pitcher, seldomly known because he pitched for the Cardinals. Um, but was the most dominant pitcher of the last 50 years. So I want Bob Gibson. Uh, Bob Gibson's a great guess. Um, I think he actually still holds the single season lowest ERA because he threw like 112 one year. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately did not pitch during our time either. Um, the correct I, answer... I figured maybe he kind of went into the early, early 80s. Yeah, no, that no, that's, to, that's totally fair. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Hold, I got to figure out when Bob Gibson stopped pitching now. Go ahead. You can give me the answer. I'm going to look. <laughs> no, you're fine. When I, I ran this question by by uh, Jeff Gore earlier today, and when I finally told him the answer, he goes, man, that whole at least 800 innings, 800 innings pitch does a lot of heavy lifting in this question. I said, yes, it does, because it goes away once you get to Mariano. 1,000. What's that? Is it Mariano? No. Mariano has pitched over 1,000 innings. This pitcher has not. It is Billy Wagner. I'm really glad I went all in on TV history. <laughs> Damn, I I was I was so excited was, to give was you guys. Astro was Billy Wagner and Astro. Yeah, he started with the Astros and then bounced around uh, Phillies. Uh, no, was, he ended Gibson. with the Braves. Gibson's last year was 75. Yeah. Okay. So, he went later than I thought, though. Okay, that's not bad. But yeah, at least the 70s. Okay. Cool. But yes. Uh, very wise wagering, gentlemen. Um, I was really excited about that question, too. That, that's all right. Steal my dreams. It's fine. All right. Well, Chris, unfortunately for you, uh, your prediction at the beginning of the show proved prophetic. Uh, some savvy wagering on both y'all's parts, uh, both going all in on the, the question you guys got. But uh, unfortunately, Stephen just had the lead coming out of the hot seat round, and that was really what made the difference. Yeah. So, Stephen. You will be moving on to the next round of the Hot Seat Challenge, the championship of my particular region of the round, or of the bracket. It's going to be between you and Lauren Carey of the Beard Owl Podcast, so that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward that to it. That is one I want to see. I can't wait yeah. to hear yep. that episode. That's, that, that one's going to be a ton of fun. I, I can't wait either. I can't wait to host it. All right, gents. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to sign off here uh, to our listeners. If you are enjoying what we're doing here, 
on the pub trivia experience, uh, come visit our Patreon. Uh, we're www.patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. That's for pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology, our sister podcast. Uh, we have uh, several different levels of support you can give us. Uh, we'll offer bonus content and different things like that. All that money goes right back into the show. So if you can support us, that would be great. Uh, if you can't, hey, we totally get it. We're we're not in this for the money. We're just uh, we love doing it. And we love offering you guys content. But if you still have a few free moments, if you could write us a review, give us a five star rating, that would be great as well. If you just want to interact with us on the socials, we're at Pub Trivia Experience on Instagram, uh, at Pub Trivia Pod on Twitter, because for some reason, even though characters are pretty cheap, they're still they don't give us very many. Uh, and you could also come visit us at The Lounge uh, for fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology over on Facebook. Uh, and we also recently launched a Discord, ptebb.com slash Discord. I'm still learning what the heck Discord is because I'm old and I'm not hip to the youths of today. Uh, all of this stuff, of course, will go in the show notes as well, so you don't have to write any of this down, just sharing it with you. Uh, once again, our winner for tonight is Steven. He'll be moving on to the next round, but gentlemen... Thank you for playing tonight. A game well fought for the pub trivia experience. I have been Mike. Hell of a game, Steven. I've been Chris. I've been Steven. All right, guys. Have a great one.